Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shyhards welcome to episode 53 of meet us at molly's today we're gonna go ahead and cover chicago fire season six episode 16 entitled the one that matters most the ones yeah the ones that matter yeah something like that i was close i was close (laughs) as always i'm gina i'm joined by bryna hello everybody and also as always we always like to start with the news so let's jump right in um we got a deleted scene this week from pd and this is probably one of the most substantial deleted scenes we've gotten basically this is a deleted scene that should have never been deleted i agree yeah it should have never been deleted Brian, do you want to kind of give us the gist of what happens here um yeah so it's basically platt and upton and they're walking across some bridge or whatever and upton's pretty much just you know talking to platt about how she feels conflicted that this is back in what episode four of season five I think it's four or five. I think so. Um, it's pretty when, early on. It's whenever that episode where Ruzik slams the guy against the car and, you know, he ends up lying to IAD about, like, what actually went down. Um, and so Haley's feeling conflicted about what happened and, you know, the fact that Ruzik lied or whatever. And Palat's pretty much like, you know, you can either go along with a lie and, like, maybe ruin your career or you can go against what a fellow police officer said and like totally ruin your career so i think it's a really pivotal moment for Haley's character just because you know she's always been someone who stuck with the rules and stuck with the rules and now we've recently you know as what that was 18 right the episode her big episode that just the last episode we saw 18 yes Yes. Well, either way, the last big, I mean, the last episode of PD, we got Haley's big episode. You know, she's completely kind of becoming a member of intelligence. And I feel like this is kind of her pivotal moment of like her character changing and starting to go along with kind of how intelligence does things. And that maybe, you know, sometimes you have to bend the rules in order to, you know, make change and do good. And like it got cut. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't happy about that. This was very... This was a very, you know, feminism moment. Uh, that's probably not the best way to say it. I'm really tired, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this was a this was a moment of, you know, you know, two female officers leaning leaning on each other for support, and this is a moment where, you know, it kind of explained why Haley covered for Ruzik. Because in that episode, at the end, we were like, what What changed her mind? Why did she do that? Right. Was, this was a a really awesome scene yeah and i just i mean i just think it's character defining you know i mean we've seen Haley really grow over this course of the season that we've gotten to know her and this is kind of where that growth started to change like this is like the fork in the road and you know like she made a choice and she went one way and i yeah i just i don't understand why it got cut it's because they like to focus more on the cases but i mean you know I would like to think that there's, like, a happy balance between that at some point. Right. I under—I mean, I understand that, but, like, they've done such a good job of giving us, like, character-focused episodes this season. 
And there's been some really good character moments that have nothing to do with cases. And, like, this could have been one that you didn't even have to write an entire episode around. Like, you didn't have to write an entire episode around Haley for this episode, for this to happen. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, and it would be it would have been more more Haley and more Platt. I am always all for more Platt. Right, and I mean we all know that Amy Morton kills all her you know hilarious stuff, but like some of her best moments on the show have been serious, you know, just talks like this, and you know we haven't gotten a lot of that in a while, and I you know the fact that they cut this out is just like it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. So the other bit of news we got was from Derek's Sunday Q&A. Um, and Brian, I missed this. So if you want to take us through this, go right ahead. Yeah. So there were just two little things. You know, Derek does his Sunday Q&A, seven questions every week. Um, and there were just a couple, two things that I wanted to point out. So somebody asked, um, what's next for Bretonio? And of course, Derek didn't really answer the part of what, what's next for Bretonio, but he pretty much confirmed that it's Atwater who set up Antonio with someone else. Shame on you, Atwater. Just shame on you. Yeah, not cool, Atwater. Plus, why is Atwater, like, why is he spreading the wealth when everybody and their dog wants Atwater to have a love interest? I don't know. Not cool. I don't know. Um, And then the biggest one, though, which I'm kind of surprised he even, like, spoiled, um, is that, you know, someone asked, was like, well, what can you tell us about Kelly's mom? Surprise, she's moving in. Three's company is what Derek tweeted. But, yeah, Kelly's mom is going to move in with him and Stella. We're sure he's not trolling? It doesn't seem like he's trolling. I would have to look at the tweet to know. No, it literally, I mean, it literally just says, hold on, I literally just exited out. It says... She's moving in. Well, it says seven. She's moving in, period, three's company, exclamation. That's literally all it says. That I, I can see Kelly letting her move in. Oh, there it is. I can see Kelly letting her move in, no questions asked, because it's his mom. Yeah. And he seemed, based on what I know, you know, what, what he has said about Benny, I would gather that he's very prote- protective of his mother. Yeah, no, and I mean, I don't, I don't question it from a, like, that's against Kelly. Like, I totally agree that Kelly would definitely let her move in. I'm just curious as to why she's going to be moving in. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's not like, you know, especially because this is the first time we've seen her. If it was Benny, I, Kelly still might let him move in. But, like, at least with Benny, like, we know a little bit about Benny, like, his backstory, whatever, because we've seen him pop up pretty much every season. But we don't know anything about his mom. So, like, the fact that his mom's just literally popping out of nowhere and is like, oh, Kelly's going to invite her to move in for whatever reason. I'm like, wait, what? Like, You also did not tell me that his Q&A was very funny. Yeah. I mean, those were, I was trying right to keep now. it serious. Like, I was trying to keep it, like, the things that you want to talk about in the news section. But is it definitely. Is there a pregnancy this season or not? And then he says, I don't mean to add to the tragedy, but Mr. Sprinkles was pregnant. <laughs> it was keeping me I was in line because I was covering awesome con in DC this weekend and I was like this is like keeping me entertained it was great that's that's pretty great I yeah I don't know what to gather from this I can't tell if he's trolling or not like it just seems too big to you know keep it um like to have spoiled it in a Q&A but like maybe not I don't know hmm I don't know. Interesting. 
All right. So as always, guys, if you see any news, please, please, please send it to us. There's only three of us. There's a whole big internet out there. We're bound to miss something. You can tweet us, email us, DM us, you know, however you want to get us said news. Please keep an eye out. And yeah, I think we can jump into the episode. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. So this episode, I I didn't love it, but I also think that's because it's the first episode after the two-hour movie and we're all still recovering. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the problem with those kind of like the big movie, and I think for me, it's more just the Brett stuff. Like, I understand that you can't address every little thing from like the two-hour movie, but like they literally just kind of dropped the fact that like Brett came to this big discovery that like she wants to be with Antonio and then now she's like I'm over it or she's trying to like move on even though she hasn't moved on so for me the fact that they kind of dropped that was like okay like I understand they can't address everything but still and they had obviously bigger things to address but like yeah it wasn't my favorite but I still liked it I think I liked it better second watch than I did first watch Bertonio got the Berzik treatment yeah yeah, it just so it just kind of you know, but like I said, I definitely liked it second watch better than I did first watch. Yeah, second watch it seemed a little bit more cohesive to me. First watch, I was like, where is this going? Yeah, mm. and I think I have. I mean, we're gonna get into it, but I think I might have some unpopular opinions about. Ooh, Brian has got hot takes. I'm excited. I mean, not necessarily hot takes, but, like, I don't think I'm as harsh on him as some other people. So we'll get to that. On the new guy? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we'll get into that. So let's start off with good old Stellaride. Yeah. Okay, so very, very, very first scene of the episode is Kelly and Stella making out in the car about a block away from 51. Okay, why does everybody make out in their cars on this show? Isn't it cold in Chicago? But, like, Gina, it's warm in the car. But they're a block away from the fire. Like, I, if they're trying not to get spotted, they're going to get spotted if they're a block away from the firehouse making out in the car. Yes, I agree with that. My other problem, and I didn't notice this until second watch, my other problem is the scene. So they're literally, like, a block away from the car, from the firehouse. So when they start the car again, and then they obviously, they almost run over Cordova because Stella can't keep her hands off of Sev. And so (laughs) then, but she keeps going, and she literally ends up driving way past the firehouse. And obviously, I get that that's like a logistic, like, they just wanted to have them, like, in a car moving somewhere. And, like, they weren't thinking about the fact that you can kind of tell in the background that, like, they drive past the firehouse. But, like, she drives past the firehouse and not in, like, a I think I'm going to turn around way, like, she literally could have just stayed parked in that spot. And just they could have just walked to the firehouse. I was just like, logistically, this is silly, but okay. I didn't even notice that she drove past the firehouse. She now drives I need to look past back the fire. That. I mean, because they're so close already to the firehouse. Like, you can see 51 from their vantage point right. in the and car. Right, and then they start driving. She runs over Cordova. Cordova is basically, like, across the street, like, as directly across the street as you can get. And then they keep driving past him, and they have a conversation. So they I, literally end up driving past 51. That's funny. Yeah, that's it was just like, and at first I was like, you literally could have just stayed parked in that spot and not hit Cordova, and it would have been fine, but whatever. I did laugh when she road raged on him. Yeah. 
Cordova was like, watch where you're going. And she's like, you watch where you're going. Get off your phone. I was like, get it, Stella. I mean, yes, she has a point, but like, I definitely said it. See, this is where I already started siding with Cordova a little bit more. Like, Stella, this is totally, if you hit him, like, I, yes, you could have part, part of the blame on him, but like, you would have been the one in most trouble. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, because you were making out with Sev while driving. Right. Like, you know, he should have been watching where he's going, but like, come on now, Stella. Yeah, not your smartest moment, girl, but that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, so. You know, they're doing that. They get to work. No big deal. So then after a call, Stella is making a bowl of cereal and she's just kind of like absentmindedly humming. And so Gabby's like, listen, we're all concerned about Otis. Why are you so happy? And she just zeroes in on it. And she just looks at her and goes, you're sleeping with Severide. And Stella's like, that is some crazy witch level intuition that you've got there. And Gabby's just like, yeah, even Cap could have figured that one out. <laughs> I probably laughed harder at that part, like, at the even Cap could have figured that one out, like, probably than I should have. But, like, yeah. The part that got me when she, was when she was like, oh, it's just casual. It's just sex. I was like, that was the slowest burn in the history of <laughs> slow burns. And you're just going to sit here and tell me it's just sex? Yeah, because it's just sex. Like, quote, unquote, it's just sex. It's just sex. On the bar at Molly's. Right. With someone who is, I don't know what the term is that's like, has you have a deeper connection with than like best friends, but like whatever that term is, like that is what you call it. Like that is what yeah. they are. Yeah. Just casual my ass. Yeah. But no. whatever. Well, if they want to call it just casual, well, we're going to call it just casual. But like after all that buildup and all that like angst and tension and all the shit that they've had to go through, all of these hoops they've had to jump through, they really think it's just sex. I mean, but I think, I think for both of them, like they're not people who want, you know, to put labels on it. Like they're not people who really would go around being like, this is my girlfriend, like this is my boyfriend, you know, they don't want to, even though it is deeper than that, like they're not people who want to go around and say that. And I also think, probably for Severide especially, like, he looks to Gabby, what Gabby and Matt went through, and the first go-around, like, the first time, and, like, you know, maybe he doesn't, like, maybe he doesn't want that yet. So, I think they probably both know it, but I think it's safer for both of them, or what they feel it's safer for them if they just say, hey, like, this is just casual, even though we all know it's not. Facepalm. Those two. I swear. So, then, later on, because Stella's got stuff going on and then Kelly's got stuff going on and then it kind of comes together at the end. So Chief Grissom comes over, because of course he does, goes and talks to Bowden. And as he's leaving, he runs into Severide. And now remember, at the end of the at the end of the first hour of the two hour movie, Kelly was going to go to that little social whatever shindig that Grissom had made him go to. And he blew him off. So Grissom does not take this lightly. He kind of overreacts if you ask me oh he definitely overreacted yeah he got like super like sensitive he was like "Mm, whatever i you know i see what like you just want to like forge your own path screw you and yeah it's awkward but kelly goes yeah something really important came up and i'm like you've got your priorities in check dude like milkshakes with the roommate definitely beats you know going to schmooze and be social yeah and i mean even then like even if it wasn't something, not that he doesn't consider Stella important, because he does, but, like, even if it was something that wasn't that important and he just had blown Grissom off, like, what is he going to say? Like, oh, yeah, I just blew you off? Like, no. 
he's going to say something important came up because then Grissom is more likely to believe him, even though he doesn't. Yeah. Also, um, holy Severite eyes throughout this entire episode. Yeah, they're just amazing. And I just have to point it out every time they look incredible. Okay, wait. Side note, since we're talking about the eyes, I just binged Timeless, which holy shit, you have to watch. Matt Lanter, especially because Matt Lanter has the most gorgeous eyes. Damn, I've got to watch that show, don't I? Oh my god, it's so good. I binged it way quicker than I should have. Um, That's what standing in line at cons gets me, but like, holy shit. Huh. It's so fucking good. Are his eyes blue? Yeah, oh my god. I'm gonna Google this shit right now. I know this is like total side note, but you guys know that we like ourselves some like good gorgeous eyes we do we do indeed i'll have to send you a picture um one of our fellow taught nerdy writers got to meet him at the like part premiere party whatever it was and in this picture his eyes are like holy shit i'm gonna send you oh they are beautiful he has the most gorgeous eyes i'm such a sucker for blue eyes i know oh my god but anyway yes so like it just reminded me that i meant to bring it up (laughs) <laughs> Julie noted we'll add it to our list of um, actors with amazing blue eyes yeah literally we have to start keeping the list now we really do like Patrick J. Adams is still on that list um, Scott Wolf is still on my list because he's got incredible blue eyes yeah oh, man but Taylor Kinney and Jesse Soffer are also up there because they've got yep. blue eyes that are pretty great too yep. man man do I love to meet some blue eyes anyway so after that, Kelly and Stella just kind of debrief. And so Kelly's like, yeah, like, I'm on the outs right now. Grissom hates me, whatever. And so Stella's like, well, maybe distance is a good thing. And, you know, maybe it's not so bad that, you know, he doesn't want to be around you right now. And Kelly just says, he's like, you know, he's my mentor. He helped me come up through the system. And, you know, I just really wish Grissom, Grissom knew what uh, knew what he meant to Kelly and so obviously, I mean, when when he said this, I was like, have you tried telling him? I don't understand why guys are so bad about simply stating what they want to state. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, obviously I'm not a guy, but it seems like they only really want to do it when like something bad has happened and like, or like the end of someone life, someone's life has come or, you know, things like that. Whereas like, I feel like girls are a little bit more like, let me tell you, like, on this random Thursday, like, how I feel and what I'm feeling. And let's discuss and let's talk about it for an hour in therapy and, you know, the whole, like, nine yards. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Goodness. So, yeah, Stella basically says the same thing. She's like, have you tried telling him? Mm-hmm. Um, so then later on in the common room, Stella gets a call from their landlord. Stella gets a call call air quotes from their landlord more question or quote marks um and so she gets up and she's like oh boy and so kelly follows her into his office and stella draws the blinds and just kind of shows him like haha just kidding it's not a call from the landlord and kelly looks at her and just really really adorably just is like you are trouble and then they hook up because they're adorable they're adorable they're so cute. I did love when she got up and she goes, oh, boy. And Kelly goes, oh, boy, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was when I was rewatching it today, like you can tell from the beginning that like 
Because at first, like, the first time I watched it, like, I mean, I was paying attention, but, like, I didn't notice that, like, she obviously doesn't get, a, like, something on her phone. Um, and, like, you can tell, like, she just literally looks at her black screen and she's like, oh, I'm getting a call. And then, like, puts it up to her ear. And I was like, wait, you didn't even try to pretend that it was, like, going off in your hand? I was like, whatever. It's just cute. So then the last call of the hour is some crazy shit. So some guy was like messing around on a scaffolding because, you know, scaffoldings are great areas to mess around. Mm-hmm. They're not. But he, he basically is caught between like a steel beam and a scaffold. It's, yes. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And so for some reason, somebody invites Grissom to the scene. I don't know why. I still don't understand how he ends up getting there. But that okay. Yeah. I feel like Grissom is, like, obsessed with 51. And, like, he's always just like, oh, I have this, like, pretend reason to be here. Yeah, well, and it's kind of funny because, like, I was literally just, I mean, I was thinking about it earlier. You know, when I knew we first saw, like, oh, Gary Cole's, like, coming to fire. It was like, okay, well, like, he's going to be around for a couple episodes. But he's been around a lot more than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, that's clearly, especially what happens with the boat and stuff, which we'll get to, like, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime soon. Also true. Also true. Yeah. And I guess the whole point of that was just to show, you know, how much Grissom has rubbed off on Severide and everything. Because, you know, Casey's trying to deploy his men and he's like, hey, can squad go ahead and do this? And Kelly's like, I'm not putting my men up there. And Grissom just looks at him like, that's my boy. So... We find out where Kelly gets that, like, sort of God complex of his, because anytime something bad happens and they won't send squad in, you know, Kelly, the first thing Kelly always says, he's like, send me in. So now we know that he gets that from Grissom, because that episode two, Grissom was like, no, I'll go up there. I'll get the kid off the, like, from the beam. And Kelly's like, I'm going with you. So that happens. So, yeah, they get the guy out. Grissom ends up joining Severide, and, you know, they save the guy, and Severide does some sort of like jumping bean move from the scaffolding that's collapsing onto the beam. Because of yeah, course, it's funny. yeah, of course he does. He jumps from somehow and like is miraculously okay. You know, jumps from the scaffolding to the ladder. No, no bruises, no whatever. You know, just total I feel badass. like Severide. Severide is the member of Fifty One most likely to try out for Ninja Warrior. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I could just see him well, up there. Maybe like, not most likely to try out, but most likely to succeed. Oh, yeah. Couldn't you see Severide doing a salmon ladder? Like, Oh, yeah. 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 And then being like, what, like a tard? Exactly. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I don't think he would be the most likely to try out now that I think about it. Who would be most likely to try out in that firehouse? Cap, right? <laughs> I feel like Cap would do it, and then Cap would, like, come up with a dare, and Cap would be, or, like, a bet, and Cap would be like, I bet you can't do, like, wouldn't beat me in this, and then Kelly would be like, yeah, fuck that, like, of course I would. He probably just casually works out on the salmon ladder at the firehouse. He probably has one rigged up in the roll-up bay. Probably, and, and we just haven't seen bored, it, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, then, at the end of the shift, Stella and Severide kind of... They, they meet again. They just kind of debrief. And so Stella is like, holy shit, you took my advice. And so Severide just goes, yeah, of course I did. Your opinion is the one that matters most. And then we finally get the hug that we were deprived of in the two-hour movie. Yeah. I mean, this is just like, I, like again, 
I still haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my god, I ship this. Like, I do really enjoy this, and I really enjoy their scenes, but this scene was just, like, hard eyes, like, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks like a really good hug. Yeah. Well, and even just the fact that he's like, you know, of course, like, you know, of course I listen to you. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, you're, like, I take into what you say in consideration, which I really appreciate because there's definitely been some times where I'll tell friends things and they're like, yeah, like, I know you're probably right, but, like, I'm still not going to listen. And I'm like, well, then why are you asking me for my advice anyway? Like, yeah. if you're not going to listen to me and you know I'm right, then what are you, whatever. But to the fact yeah. that Severi knows she's right and, like, listen and, like, it's like, of course I'd listen, like it matters i'm like thank you <laughs> and it kind of shows how far severide has come kind of because he you know he's like your opinion is the one that matters most as in he listened to stella and you know he he doesn't view her as just somebody to have sex with he's you know he actually values what she said he listened to her what I feel like, especially, like, going off of what you said, like, in terms of how far he's come, like, not even in terms of his relationship, but just Severide as a person. Like, you know, Severide in season one is someone, you know, doesn't like to take – even now he still doesn't really care what people think and, like, doesn't like to take crap from others. But, like, you know, not that Sella was giving him crap necessarily, but, you know, she was giving him an opinion. And I feel like season one Severide, even if it had come from Shay, because, like, when you think about – you know, Shay gave her opinion on Severide, you know, giving himself shots, you know, giving doing drugs, and, like, mm-hmm. he didn't listen to that. Yeah. So, like, he, it's just show, like you said, it's shown how far he's come. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely so. And I hope he allows himself to, like, get closer to her. I really hope Anna, you know, just the memory of what happened with Anna doesn't, you know, c- kind of haunt him, and that he allows himself to, like, further bond with Stella and get closer and let her in. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. We will see. We did get a tweet from Jessica, a different Jessica from the two that we've had on. And she <laughs> said that she's feeling pretty meh about Stellaride. I'm, I'm curious as to why. Yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling meh. I mean, I won't go into my whole thing again because I've talked about it 10 million times. But like, I don't know. For me, I just haven't seen the like. Stel- or Severide thinking that like this is his person, like this is his I don't know. I just haven't seen it yet. Um, but I don't think Kelly really realizes good. yet that it's his person. Right. And not even necessarily that it's, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to still even see them as more than like, even though they have this deep connection, it's still something in my brain just hasn't clicked that like, this is supposed to be more than just like a hookup. Like I'm still seeing it as like, this is a hookup. Like this isn't going to go anywhere. And mm-hmm. so like, I just haven't seen something yet. That's like clicking it over. Um, but we'll see. We will see. We will see. But it doesn't mean I'm meh. Like, their scenes have been really good. Like, this scene was, like, really good. I'm not meh on them. I just haven't, like, fully embraced Stellaride yet. I'm just kind of sitting back eating popcorn and watching them. I'm not getting too close because their slow burn annoyed the crap out of me. Well, yeah, and I just feel like every – I feel like I – can't let myself get too invested in them yet just because all of Severide's relationships have been a circle. Even the last time when I thought it really, I really thought it wasn't going to be and then it ended up being a circle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like, I feel like I can't let myself get too attached yet. Right. So right. maybe that's more it. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say is that I can't, I'm not letting myself get too attached yet. Yeah. So Brian, would you like to take us through the new guy? Yeah. So, as we mentioned earlier, Stella and Severide, as they're making out in their car, they almost run over the new guy as he's coming in. 
Um, but then once we get into the firehouse and get, like, settled, um, Bowden introduces us to Jake Cordova, this new guy who's going to be filling in for Otis. And Herman, like, immediately makes this, like, remark under his breath, um, you know, just because Herman's like, yeah, well, this guy's, you know, he's not taking Otis's place. Like, he's just filling in for him. Like, you know, he's only going to be here a couple of shifts, whatever. Um, also, this, like, side note, you know, Cordova apparently knows Gabby. And mm-hmm. they rode together when she was out of training. And there's still a lot of confusion on Twitter, in the fandom, everywhere, about what training we're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, this this is why I she said it the first time I watched it through. I missed what she said. The second time I like paused it, went back, turned the captions on and was I like, no, what the hell did she say? And she said right out of training. But this still clears up nothing because, I mean, is he a paramedic too? We don't really know. I don't know. And I went back to like as I was like working on the outline and like looked at Derek's tweet from one of his Q&As where like, you know, someone asked him about like what he was talking about referring to and all he says in that tweet is that gabby knows cordova out of the academy but not which academy yeah so literally because i thought i could have sworn that he had said fire academy that time Mm -hmm. like that before and so when i went and looked back at it there's no clarifier there it's just academy so Derek, if you're listening which one is it like i mean i'm sure we're gonna get answers like as we get to see what this like backstory there is but still like yeah i think it would make more sense if it was after paramedic training because after the fire academy she came straight to 51 yes yeah because she was supposed to go somewhere else to austin if i remember correctly so what that's the different firehouse that's it's austin is also a neighborhood in chicago it's not not the city um yeah i was like wait is she ended up in texas i mean not in texas. which i think is when we met welch right yeah she was supposed to end up at welch's house. yeah 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 so i think it would make more sense if it was after paramedic training because if i remember correctly when she came out of the academy she and casey were in a good place yeah because wasn't casey there the whole time for her during the whole Jones situation? I think so. I remember it didn't get rough until she had become their candidate. Until, like, further into the process of becoming their candidate. That's when they got rough. But beforehand, they were in a good place. No, but, like, Jones is, like, at the very end, like, right after that. And still, like, right after she comes out of the Academy. And so, like, that whole stuff, like, I mean, they were still good then. Because doesn't Gabby lean on Casey? I think so. Yeah. So, I... And, I mean... It's it looks like they're leaning that way that they dated because the promo for this coming week's episode, everything leans towards them having a, had a fling or having dated. Right. I mean, the thing is, though, I some a couple of people I saw on Twitter and I, I don't really know what I believe because like a bunch of people on Twitter were like, watch it be like just the way they edited the promo to talk about like 10 minutes of the episode. And then like there'd be all this other stuff that happens that like, you know, isn't really talking about. So like, I don't know if I believe the promo is like, they're dating or just like that's like five minutes of the episode and then there's actually something more to that story so god i hate when they do that when the promo is like five minutes of what actually happens right and it makes it look like it's one thing and then it ends up being not the other i hate that or ends up being the other not that thing but yeah so i don't know what i believe but yeah from the promo it definitely looks like they had something yeah which is also why i think like you said i think it makes more sense that like it's out of paramedic training. But then 
is he, like you said, is he a paramedic or was he at a firehouse that she also just happened to work at? I don't think she ever worked at another firehouse. But then where did she, you don't, not before 51? I could have sworn she worked somewhere else before 51. But remember, I mean, the key piece here is that it's right out of the academy. So even if she was at another firehouse before she came to 51, was she right out of the academy when that happened? Yeah, that's no, that's what my like head is thinking is that like, I don't know, I'm making up a number that she was at like firehouse 26 right out of the academy and then from firehouse 26 went to 51. I don't know. And that like he was a firehouse or firefighter at firehouse 26. And like they met there. Not that he's necessarily a paramedic and they work together. Hmm. Because it can't, she had to have worked somewhere else if he, if they met after academy. Because if she just had gone straight to 51, everyone else would know him. Yeah. So like she had to have either worked somewhere else or met him in the academy. And we know it's not in the academy, it's out of the academy. Yeah. So she had to have been placed somewhere else long enough to have met him before she went to 51. Yeah. I don't like playing this game. I just want to know. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll find out this week. But And I think if, if it was something, because I remember last week you said you were like, maybe she helped him do the academy. Like maybe he was failing or something. If he wasn't willing to, you know, pull his own weight in the academy, if he was that kind of guy who was like not very good at his job, there's no way Gabby would have allowed that even for a couple of shifts at 51. Yeah. And I mean... Now, like, having met him, I don't necessarily obviously go with that theory. I mean, that was just, like, a theory before I even got to know him. But now, like, going through and, like, getting to know him a little bit, with his, like, determinants to prove himself, like, I don't see what I thought last week being a theory still. But. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. So, then um, they go on their first call to this, like, restaurant thing, whatever. And, oh my god, this call. Yeah, and the guy got his hand, like, all the way stuck in one of those big, like, blender, not blender, um, like, mixer things, um, whatever. And so Cordova immediately goes in to, you know, help out, but Casey calls on, I think it's Herman or somebody else that, like, obviously he trusts a little bit more and knows better. Um, but Cordova's just trying to help, and, you know, but Casey just has him, like, step to the side and take the wife through, like, what's going on. Um, and then I can't remember, is it Casey or Cordova that says, like, he's got, or the guy's got, like, one of the best medics in the city? It's Cordova. That's what I thought it was. And yeah, it's, when, he's when about Dawson's Gabby. taking him out. Right. I knew they were talking about Gabby. I just couldn't remember if it was Casey or Cordova. But, yeah, so obviously he's seen, because they have a past together, um, and they know each other, you know, he's seen Gabby work and, you know. So there's a little bit of a trust. Like, he knows that, like, Gabby's got it covered. Um, I took that sort of flirty without directly flirting. I did not take it flirty. Like, I took that I took that as in, like, whatever went on with them, there's still some interest there. I did not take it that way, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, well, I'm, like, I'm convinced that it has to be romantic, which means that on Thursday when it's revealed not to be romantic, <laughs> everybody can laugh in my face. Uh, we'll see. I Yeah, I just didn't take this line flirty. But anyway, um, so then they're back at 51, and Herman asks Cordova. Her, Cordova's looking through the fridge and can make himself something to eat. And Herman's like, hey, Cordova, like, what's for lunch? And Cordova's like, well, I'm not cooking. Like, why are you asking me? 
And Herman's like, yeah, well, like, usually the new guy does all the cooking, whatever. And Cordova says, like, well, usually it's actually the lower man who does the cooking. And Herman's like, no, no, no. And Cordova's like, wait, so you're going to tell me that kid's been riding truck, like, longer than I have? Slight not dig. Not cool. Yeah, not cool. Uh, and Herman's basically just ends up telling him to, like, shut up and start cooking. <laughs> but before, like, that anything can happen and go any further, Casey pulls Herman outside and basically is like, dude, like, I get it. Like, you know, you nobody likes the fact that Otis isn't in this, you know, here right now. But, like, you got to give Cordova a chance. Norman's like, I, I, Captain. Like that was such a sarcastic response, and Casey just took it. Yeah. Clearly, we are not dealing with Captain Casey anymore. I mean, we are, but like, we're not because like Captain Casey like Captain would not Casey... have handled that too. Like, not have handled that. No, he wouldn't have. Captain Casey would have actually been warranted in that situation. But I feel like Captain Casey's mellowed a little bit. I probably shouldn't say that because he's going to become a giant asshole the minute I say that. But yeah. Well, yeah, and especially because, like, although, granted, Casey becoming an asshole this, or probably becoming an asshole this week is probably, like you said, warranted and, like, not Captain Casey, but Casey Casey, so. Oh, he's going to Captain Casey out when he gets really suspicious of Cordova. Yeah. So, but anyway, so after that, the whole thing, so the two women, the wife, and I'm assuming the daughter um, Mm -hmm. of this man that they helped save, ends up bringing them groceries and they're going to cook them lunch. Um, so while they're in line for the, you know, two nice ladies that cooked, Cordova and plus Dossie um, have this, like, little convo that's just super cute. Um, so Cordova's like, so, you two are married. And Gabby's like, yeah, like, we ended up getting hitched last year. And as, like, she's saying that, like, Casey just has this, like, grin on his face. Um, and then... Cordova just kind of like under his breath is like, yeah, well, I guess they weren't kidding when they said the gang of 51 was closed. And I mean, sometimes it can get a little incestuous in 51, but like, <laughs> you know, Aww. that's kind of the charm of 51, you know. They did do a good job by introducing Cordova. They did do a really good job of showing how close 51 is and how it's not the norm in other firehouses. Yes. Just by how... Cordova was like standing aside and just kind of being like, I don't know what how to do it, guys. Here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They did a good job of that. I agree. Um, so, anyway, so, and then after, in the locker room after shift, um, Cordova still has a little bit of, neg- like, it's still a little, has a little negative negativity about Otis and his progress. Um, and Otis, or he, or Cordova says, you know, it's going to be a long time before he steps into his bunker gear, let alone like step on a ladder. And Herman just, like, slams the locker, and he's like, you're wrong there. Like, you don't know Otis. And, yeah. This scene. But well, the whole the thing about it, too, was that, what was it, Herman and Cruz and Mouch, I think? Yeah, they're, yeah. They were in the locker room kind of just talking about Otis and trying to be really positive. And they were like, no, he'll come back. He'll work really hard. He'll be fine. That's great. And then Cordova just comes out with that. Yeah. But the next scene, though. So then later on in the episode... There's still a lot of tension there, especially between Cordova and Herman. And Cordova is carrying the turnout coats out of the room and then into the to the rig. And he ends up dropping, accidentally dropping Otis's coat right in front of Herman. And Herman's like, hey, 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 like, you can't do that. And Cordova's like, I, you know, didn't mean to, whatever. And then Stella's like, it's an accident. Like, he didn't mean it. Um, 
and, you know, Herman keeps picking at him or whatever and is like, you know, this is only temporary. All You know, all the stuff that Herman does to get someone, like, riled up. And then Cordova's like, you know, I've got news for you, Herman. Like, it's not Otis's spot anymore. And your boy's got no chance of taking it back from me when his knees are shaking like a bowl of jello. And just, like, without really saying a word, Herman just decks Cordova right in the face. Like, right in the jaw. Um, I would have decked him when he made the comment in the locker room. Never mind just then. Yeah. Um, and so Casey comes out. Like, Squad just sits, you know, is just looking on. I mean, Cruz, like, gets up and, like, wants to go in. But, you know, Severide's like, no. Like, this isn't our fight. Like, you got to let them deal with it. I uh, love that Kelly is just a solid fan of letting people kick other people's asses. Like, I love that. Then he's just like, no, stay. Let them fight it out. <laughs> like, yeah. And so Casey comes out and he's like, what just, like, what's going on here? Um, but Cordova ends up just, you know, not wanting to get any, not trying to ruffle any more feathers. It's just like, I slept on the whip for, like, nothing, you know, doesn't put, bring anyone else down with him. Um, and so after the last call... Bowden informs the t- entire team that Otis is going to have to do a minimum of two months re- of rehab. Um, so, of course, this means Cordova is going to be around for a while, much to Herman's dismay. Um, much to all of our dismay. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, I said that, too. When the minute that Bowden was, like, two months, I was like, I'm sorry, we're stuck with Cordova for how long? I mean, I'm not surprised, though. Like, honestly, I'm, not, I'm surprised it's not longer initially, like an initial assessment. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Spine, you know, even though he didn't, like, it's not paralyzed or anything, you know, but anything with a spine is, like, not something to be taken lightly, so. Yeah. This is going to be, like, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially with this kind of a demanding job. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is going to be, like, that time that Kelly had shoulder surgery and was back on rig in, like, four weeks. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um. But anyway, so then after this conversation, Dawson, like, tells Cordova, she's like, we need to talk. Um, and she's like, well, now that you're sticking around, you know, we need to tell Casey about, like, what ha- like what happened between us. And Cordova's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, he's like, I do want to come clean, but, like, I need, like, I, he doesn't want that to influence Casey's opinion of him. So he's like, hey, like, I don't want you to lie for me or whatever, but, like, give it a couple shifts. Like, I just need to make myself, like, prove myself a little bit more. And, Kate, and Dawson's like, oh, I don't know. But she, like, ends up reluctantly agreeing to keep quiet. Um, and, I mean, like we just talked about, like, I don't even know what to think about this, what this history might be. I mean, in this scene, they honestly make it seem like Cordova killed a guy. Like, in the line of duty or just went ahead and murdered someone? <laughs> well, I was thinking went ahead and murdered someone. But, like, I don't know. I mean, like, they just made it seem like it's, like, so secretive. And it makes it – it sounds like a conver- conversation they would have on, like, Riverdale or something like <laughs> and t- I mean not that I've watched I haven't mm, I need to catch up on that but like you know it just sounds like I mean it sounds like they're talking about murder here like so you think Cordova voided out on somebody no I don't actually think that but that's just like the kind of like the hush hush tone to it makes it yeah. seem like a conversation that would be happening in a murder mystery <laughs> like I don't think he actually murdered someone I don't know what I think about it but like but the, the hush hush of it. Right. Yeah. The hush hush of it is like, shh, we're talking about murder. Like, shut up. Like, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm convinced that it's romantic, which means it's not going to be romantic. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I just, I have a million questions. But, like, man, I, 
did not like Jake, but I mean, we're not supposed to like Jake, but when I didn't like him was when he made those two snide remarks, the first one in the locker room and the second one with Herman, only because he literally only said that just to be an asshole. Right. And see, that's the thing. So here's my little like hot take thing is like, I agree that he said a lot of like asshole, like he did a lot of things that were, you know, asshole-ish, like he said a lot of things that he shouldn't have. But at the same time, I feel like I can also see where he's coming from with, like, his wanting to prove himself and give him, you know, because nobody is letting him, like, get a chance. Like, they're all so convinced that, like, Otis, I mean, Otis is going to be okay, like, down the road. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like they had it all, 51 had these, like, rose-colored glasses on. They're like, everything's going to be fine and whatever. And, like, it is going to be fine. But, like, oh, it was never going to be Otis coming back, like, next week. And so Cordova didn't get a chance to really prove himself. So, like, I can understand, like, you know, you're frustrated. Like, you're not getting a chance to really show, like, what you're worth. And so, like, you just say some things that, like, you're probably going to regret at some point once you start liking these people. But, like, I just felt like 51, especially Herman, was just a little too hard on him. Hmm. I just, like, I didn't, I felt, like, I don't know. I was just, like, come on. Like, I don't, yeah. I just, I mean, in the face of what happened to Otis, how it rocked that firehouse, you know, when something terrible like that happens afterwards, like sometimes you do just need to be really positive just to find the motivation to keep going, you know? So, right. But I think there's a, you know, I think there's being positive about Otis' situation and being like he's going to be okay. And like if they just wanted to keep repeating that mantra, then that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. like I think they were a little naive in some senses to be like, Otis is coming back next week when at the end of the two hour movie, Otis is like questionably paralyzed. Like, and maybe they don't know that maybe, but no, they do know that because Casey and Cruz and Herman were there when at the beginning of this episode by Otis's bedside, when Choi's in there being like, these are the results of whatever we're going to do more tests and like check on the possibility of paralysis or whatever it is, whatever they say. Um, So it's not even that they, you know, they know. Like, I don't understand how Hartman can be like, yeah, Hart, like, Otis is coming back next week. Like, I don't know. I I think there's a difference between being positive about Otis is going to be okay and, like, Otis is going to be okay and he's coming back next week, so we're not even going to bother being nice to the new guy. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I just was, I would have just, I would have liked to have seen Cordova be a little bit more respectful and instead of being like, that guy's fucked up in the locker room, just kind of... Maybe not even say anything and just let them right. talk. Right, and that doesn't mean I'm dismissing what Cordova did because I think a lot of the things Cordova said, like that scene in the locker room, I think that's mm-hmm. like very asshole-ish. But like I also can understand – like I don't know. I didn't like hate – I wasn't like going to be – I was never going to be one of those people on Twitter who was like, I hate Cordova. He's the worst person ever. Like I saw a lot of that on Twitter and I was just like, yo – calm down like yeah just like take it down a couple notches like he's been around for one episode because we all know for the most part this is probably going to end up in being a story that like especially because he's going to be I mean Otis is out for two months like he's going to be around for a while and I have a feeling this is going to be one of those characters that like is going to be okay like you know he's going to make friends in 51 at some point yeah so like you're, somebody's gonna like him at some point so just calm down a little bit with the like I hate Jake he's the worst character ever on fire like calm we got down. some pretty hot takes in our mentions this week about Jake well not hot takes but I mean people no, didn't I had like him take. but it was 
you did yeah you had a hot take but it was more than just i don't like jake it was very passionate let's put it that way so both elizabeth and katie said that jake is arrogant and cocky that was one take now we also got one from heather and heather said i hate jake like hate him with a passion and want him gone already okay um, we also got another one from Jessica <laughs> that basically simply said Jake can throw himself in front of an oncoming Ambo. Right. See, that's where I was like, oh, okay. I was just like, that's a little too fiery for my, you know, maybe if we wanted to say that after next week, like after we find out whether he did date Gabby or not or whatever this past is. Okay, fine. But like for what he did today or like this past episode, I was like, eh, that's a little too fiery for me. Yeah, and I am curious to see him in action. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I just think there's a, you know, wait until we get a little bit more, like we can suss him out a little bit more before you start saying things like, he should, you know, I'd be okay if he walked in front of an ambulance. Like, <laughs> uh, that's a little fiery for me, but. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, lots to digest with Mr. Cordova. So hopefully he mellows out. I don't know. We shall see. Because it sounds like we're stuck with him until at least the finale. Yeah, for That's sure. I think. I mean, I think we will be, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So next we're going to talk about Otis. So because this was a lot. I think Otis and Stellaride both got equal weight in this episode of like in terms of, you know, how substantial their storylines were. So we start off, like Brenna said, Cruz, Casey, and Herman or Mouch. In the hospital, it's Cruz. Cruz. Cruz, Her- Cruz, Casey, and who's the third? Herman. Herman. So, yeah, they're with Otis at the hospital. And the first thing out of Choi's mouth, he goes, well, we're not sure what's causing the loss of feeling in his lower extremities. I'm sitting there, like, raising my hand, and I'm like, I do. Maybe it's the bullet that's sitting close to his spine? Right. Like, <laughs> you're a doctor, Choi. Like, like. You said the bullet was dangerously close to the spinal cord. I'm going to just guess. That, I think like, it's because I don't I'd have to go back and like listen specifically to like what vertebrae they said it was at. But I could have sworn that was in his neck, not his lower extremities. So like, I don't know if that has more, you know, if it, it's the difference if it was like it, it hit in his like lower back, like his T like two or I don't know. I could have, mm-hmm. but so maybe that's why, but like, yeah, I feel like 99.9% of the problems are coming from the fact that there's a bullet just anywhere close to the spinal cord, like. And like, I think they got it, if I remember correctly, but the residual effect from that, I'm like, well, no shit, there's probably some swelling or something. Yeah, I don't know, but. I don't know. So Choi basically just says, you know, we're going to run some extra tests. So Otis is about to go in for his MRI and he looks outside and he sees Lily and you know, he just kind of sees her and he talks to the technician and he's like, you know, she keeps saying it's going to be OK. But like, what if it's not OK? There's no chance she would stick around for that. And then he just breaks everyone's heart and he's just like, she's already way out of my league. Oh, my God. The fact that Otis is thinking in this moment that like he's not deserving of love is like heartbreaking. Just wanted to hug him. Oh, my God. Just, yeah. So sad. So back at 51. Cruz starts to do that thing. Anytime something bad happens to somebody in Cruz's life, he starts to, like, doubt whoever's taking care of that person. Which is always somebody at med. Oh, well, or Antonio. Because remember when in the, the crossover, he's like, does Antonio even know what he's doing? And Severide's like, dude, calm down. That's true. That's very so, true. 
he starts to do that thing again. So he's like, what the hell are they doing at Med? Do they even know what they're doing? And Herman goes, it's Chicago Med. Like, they're definitely going to find out what's wrong. Cue me laughing because <laughs> as much as I love Med. The most unsafe know, hospital in America. Most unsafe hospital As in America. confirmed by the actors on fire, you know. Yes. But yeah, anyway. Yes. Yeah. And so while they're talking about that, Cruz then backs himself up because Herman's like, they're going to find out what's wrong. Cruz takes it back to season one and he's like, don't you remember Jose Vargas? <laughs> Hello, Vargas, our old friend. Yes. Like, yeah. Wow. I was like, because you was, pointed that out to me and I was like, I missed that. I totally missed the Vargas reference. I was not even expecting that, like, in the slightest. No, I wasn't. So apparently Vargas has moved to Alabama. I hope he is happy. What? Like, <laughs> he's moved? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, they kind of played it off, like, when I was rewatching it today, Cruz is like, yeah, like, you know, he had this whole, he got medically discharged or whatever, and then he moved to Alabama. I was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, in the middle of that, he was hanging around the firehouse and, um, you know, almost killed himself. But, you know, besides that point. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that point. It's like, okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, Cruz. But, like, Vargas reference. Thanks, Derek, for that. Yeah, thank you for that. So... Then later on, they're all sitting around and Brett gets a text from Lily. Now, I totally thought it was Antonio at first. Did you? No. I mean, I hoped it was. I I mean, I hoped it. I mean, I could have hoped it was, but like that didn't even cross my mind. Her phone went off and I was like, oh, please be Antonio. Please be Antonio. And then she was like, oh, it's Lily. I was like, damn it. (laughs) So, yeah, she got a text from Lily and apparently they looped it back into Otis's platelet disorder and so even though the doctors took all the precautions he still had a little bit of uncontrolled bleeding and there's basically a blood clot sitting on his spine so Casey's like we should go so the whole firehouse they like drop what they're doing they leave these two women who are cooking lunch and they go to med and you can tell like they all walk in and Cordova's like three steps behind Cordova's still just kind of like the fuck are we doing guys like why are we here well, like, I didn't even think about it that. I think it's, like, it's kind of awkward that, you know, I'm, like, I mean, obviously you can't leave Cordova behind. Like, if truck's going out, like, everybody has to go out. But it's also kind of, like, I don't know this guy. So, like, why am I going to try to be in the front row? Like, yeah. let them give, like, let 51, the, you know, the rest of 51, like, have their space and be there for the guy that needs it. Like, I don't need to be all up in that business. Yeah. But then Otis goes and takes it later on. Like, Otis is talking to Lily, and he's like, yeah, did you see that, like, new guy or whatever? Like, he's kind of a jerk. And I was like, what did you want him to do? Like, be there by your side holding his hand? Like. I do love, though, how, he like, they didn't even say a word to each other. And all that happened is that Cordova just kind of gave him, like, a head nod. Like, a nice little nod, just being like, hey, what's up? And Otis already knows that he's a jerk. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, anyway. I thought that was funny. Yeah, so they all go to med and they see Otis standing, but then after a few steps, he stumbles. And so Choi just basically confirms. He's like, yeah, there's damage to his spine, but with time and rehab, he'll get there. So the firehouse is really positive about this. They're like, oh, that's great. But Otis's face says something else. He's completely worried. So I feel like they probably should have highlighted the part where Choi says that there's damage to the spine. Because if you weren't paying full attention, you probably missed that line. Right. And well, that's why I'm saying, like, that's why it's kind of, you know, for me, that's where I'm coming from, too, with, like, the whole Herman stuff was, like, Toy literally says there's damage to the spine, but yet Herman thinks he's coming back next week. Like, 
I mean, maybe they didn't think two months, but, like, there's no way Herman or Otis is coming back next week. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. yeah, it definitely, you know, could right. be missed. So does Otis start to push Lily away before Brett and Cruz come by or after? Do you remember? Um, It's after. Because he's, like, down after. in the dumps. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so Otis is still really down, and he's just kind of, like, in his room. And Brett and Cruz show up with dinner and a movie. They show up with pizza and everything. And they had originally invited Herman, but Herman bailed. Yeah, Herman's, like, and, and hockey night, like, too busy at Molly's. And it's just, like, Herman, I know you're so affected. Just say it. Just speak your feelings, Herman. Yeah. That's a Herman thing that he does, though. When something really bad happens to somebody that he loves, he, like, kind of flounders a little bit until he figures out what to do or what to say. Yeah, for sure. He, he did that with Gabby after she miscarried. Oh, don't bring that up, Gina. Sorry. Oh, the feels. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and that's like the first thing when they show up with pizza in the movie, the first thing Otis says, he's like, where's Herman? So, yeah. And so, um, you know, Otis is like, I'm really not in the mood to socialize. And Brett's like, uh, like hell you are. And so they refuse to leave and they get Otis to cave and Otis eats pizza and they watch movies. Um, yeah. And so later on you know uh lily's with him at a certain point and he just kind of starts to push her away which ugh, poor lily i feel so bad for her um yeah and so you know lily's just trying to keep it upbeat and be positive and everything and otis is like you know it might not be okay like this is the reality of the situation and so yeah when he started to talk about this i think that was when it finally clicked for me that i was like oh wait a second you know otis realizes how serious this is and i think the rest of the firehouse is just trying to cope yeah and i guess i mean for me i guess it's also like my slight like medical i say slight like i really don't have a medical background but i have like a little bit of it and like having worked you know in our like office like we have a spine surgeon so i just think like having had some familiarity with me i was like oh yeah well of course it's not going to be like immediate and so i think for me just having that little thing like i always was able to like know that this was serious and something that like was gonna take a while but like so yeah I guess I forget that sometimes like people who aren't as familiar like it can be a little like shocking that like it's gonna take so long to recover yeah yeah so (laughs) you've got your own little fire situation happening back there don't you I just like I hear it all of a sudden going off and every time I like freak out because like they've come to our building twice since I've lived here and I'm like just like freak out every time I like hear them in the background because that was really loud. Um, but we live like a two minute walk from the firehouse. So every time like we hear them all the time and I'm always like, wait, they better not be coming here again. Like I don't need another false alarm in my life. So then after Herman storms off after he punches Jake, he runs into Lily in the hallway. And so, you know, Lily just kind of shares Otis doesn't want her at the hospital. She doesn't really know why. She's crying. Poor Lily. Ugh. Just wanted to hug her. And this is when Herman drops his Herman wisdom. And Herman just says, he's like, you know, the thing is is that firefighters, they don't like to admit when they need help. And it's just not in Otis's DNA. But maybe we have to push through all of that and be there for him no matter what. And Lily's like, oh, okay. So then the episode ends with Herman walks into the hospital and Otis is rehabbing and Lily's right there and then Herman just joins him. And a very and encouraging shot. Yes, very, very encouraging shot. And a lot we got a lot of tweets from people that said that, you know, it was really 
they enjoyed seeing Herman kind of come to terms with Otis's injury. And I mean, for me, the gravity of the injury didn't hit until he was rehabbing because he's basically having to like relearn how to walk. Yeah. Because I mean, in the two hour movie, it was like, yeah, he got shot in the neck, but it was like we couldn't we couldn't see where he was shot. And I don't know, like the gravity of the injury didn't really come across probably until that scene where he was rehabbing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for me, it like having had a little familiarity with it, it came across a little bit more sooner. But yeah, I can definitely see how this scene was like, holy crap, like this is way more serious. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Otis is going to relearn how to walk and then, yeah, I don't know. Because I think that whatever episode they're, they were filming this week, Yuri was on set at the firehouse. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, Derek's been in town, so, like, what are they filming? I don't know. How close yeah. to the, are they to the finale? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, yeah, it's, I, you know, and I mean, even from Derek's Q&A, he had mentioned that Otis has a really long road ahead and it's not going to go the way he thinks. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited, though, because what Yuri was saying at Con was that, you know, he's really, you know, this was a really good arc for Otis. And so I'm I'm very excited for the now, the, like, kind of, the, like, decrescendo part of the arc. Like, the, yeah. you know, we've kind of hit the point, like, the peak, like, you know, Otis is, like, you know, he's injured. Like, he's going to be out for two months. So I'm kind of ready to see him, like, how he's going to embrace it and, you know, how it's going to be, like, a real growing moment for him. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how it fixes itself. So, lastly, we're going to talk about Chief Bowden, because there was a little bit of Bowden stuff going on here. Yeah. All right, Bryna, take it away. Yeah, so there's only a couple things. So, basically, Grissom comes in to talk to Bowden um, about that he's kind of floating Bowden's name around for taking his spot after her, he retires. Um, but Grissom, you know, wants to observe 51 on a few calls since they don't really know each other that well. But from everything he's heard about Bowden and the little bit he's seen, he really likes what he sees. So, you know, whatever. This uh, just further supports my theory that Grissom is obsessed with 51. He doesn't know Bowden. Why is he like, hey, this guy should replace me? I think it's because earlier on, I don't remember. If, I feel like Sever had said something about Bowden. I mean, I feel like. Grissom trusts Severide's opinion for the most part. And so if Severide backs what, that Bowden is good and Bowden is worth it, then, like, Grissom will. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily obsessed with 51. I think he's obsessed with Severide. Yeah. And so, blame him there. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. But anyway, so then Bowden, you know, this starts getting Bowden thinking. And Bowden's at home, you know, reading to Terrence, someone we haven't seen in five ever, it feels like. Um <laughs> And Don is, you know, he's telling Don about, like, the whole possible promotion. And he's unsure about this idea of, like, less action and more paperwork. Like, you know, Bowden really prides himself on being a chief that goes out into the field with his men and, you know, is out there, you know, doing work. Um, but Donna's like, okay, well, that's, you know, good, valid point. But then she counters it with the, like, better chances of surviving to see Terrence grow up, like, card. And she points out that, like, Casey, you know, would be a fine replacement for battalion chief. So then, again, that gets Bowden thinking even more. And then Bowden and Casey have, like, a slight talk after Casey's, like, pep talk went not as planned (laughs) um, that Casey tried to give after they learned that Otis was going to be out for at least two months. Um, And Bowden's like, you know, I'm confident that this house will be in good hands with you even if I wasn't around. 
Casey's pep talk. <laughs> yeah. And my yeah. favorite part was he was like, yeah, he's like, we're going to give it all like 100% even when Otis is in here, whatever. And he, and then he says it again. And then Cruz is like, dude, you already said that. Like, <laughs> um, Oh, my God. I think – I don't think Bowden's going to take the promotion, though. I don't think so. But they definitely make it seem – I mean, you know – like, they definitely, like, seem to hint that, like, he's clearly thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I am i don't think that they would promote Casey again after they just promoted him. Yeah. I don't think so either. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, mean that Bowden can't take his promotion. True. Very true. So. I don't think he's oh. going to leave, but. Yeah, no, he'd be so, he would, I just, he is that house. Like, he, Bowden leaving 51 would be. Yeah, I don't see Bowden leaving until he's retired. Yeah. Like, until Bowden wants to retire, like, that is, like, it. Which begs the question, why is that house so close? Is it the chief? Or is it just the mix of people? Or, you know, what, what is that magic factor that makes that house so close? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think Bowden really promotes this idea that, like, you know, this out, like, you know, you spend so much time with the people and you have to have such trust in the people that you're working with because that, you know, you can't go fight fires with someone you hate. Um, yeah. Or you can, but, like, not a good idea. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, I think that really just stems from Bowden being like, hey, like, you don't have to be, like, the best, best, best of friends. Well, you have to trust each other and you have to be a little bit more than just coworkers. And so I think it stems from that. But then I also just think it stems from everyone else taking that idea in their hands and running with it. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. But also, um, Terrence's little voice is the cutest thing ever. Oh, my God. He's grown up so much. I know. That kid is so cute. I know. So cute. Also, Donna, I love you. <laughs> Come back yes, more. I love Donna. Well, isn't – she's on Teen Wolf, which if I remember correctly Teen is Wolf in its last season. Teen Wolf is off air now. Is it done now? Oh, it's – yeah, finished sometime this – sometime in the last couple months. So can she come back to fire, like, yeah, more often? Can we see, like, a Firehouse 51 Wives Club or something so we can see, like, Cindy and Donna and, you know. That is, like, the digital exclusive I need in my life. Yeah. Like, NBC – okay, so NBC's newest show, Rise, which is my, like, new favorite show, they're doing this thing where they created, like, digital exclusives that, like – they're only like two minutes each and they're releasing one after each new episode that airs. But so you get to see like, I mean, they call it the understudy. So you get to see the characters that like aren't the main parts in the show and like you get to learn a bit, a little bit more about them. And they were created by NBC as like digital exclusive, like things that were never supposed to be in the show, but like, you know, things they could give to the fans. And I think that's such a cool idea. And yeah, I would love to see like the fire wives club and whatever. Um, yeah. Because I feel like especially, you know, in this line of profession, like in this line of duty, like the wives or other spouses, you know, males too, husbands, whatever, you know, they're such an important part. It's very much like army wives um, or just military wives in general or military spouses in that that's such a big part of, you know, it's as much about the people serving like and putting their life on the lines as it is about the spouses. And so Mm -hmm. like I think that would be really cool, but. And then, like, Dossie together, they're both part of it because they're each other's spouses. 
Right. Oh, so oh my fun. God. So many ideas just flowing. Just like all the, yeah. yeah. NBC, make this like happen. Cindy and Donna and Trudy and Dossie. And who else is married in that house? Um, thinking. I think that's it. Yeah, I, that, I just I want that. But you have to be ma- you have to be married. You can't just be dating. No, because otherwise Antonio would be in and out of that thing like once every five meetings. Yeah, like, and I think it'd be funny if you could have like if you had someone like try to like stop by the meeting that was like dating, and then to be like, no, like this is a different level of commitment. Like you can't turn around and leave. Yeah, get out of here. Um. So yeah, Gina, and I then, think like, we Trudy just made our totally like, million committed. dollar meet or million dollar idea. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's her idea. Uh, yeah, that's so great. And Trudy would be totally committed. Trudy would be like, "All right, let's get to work." And then like Dossie's just kind of like, "Uh, like." Yeah, and Donna would come out with all this like inspirational like wisdom every week, um, because she's married to Bowden, so of course she has all she you know got all that wisdom as well. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be so great. <sighs> so good. <laughs> But yeah, I think otherwise that is about it. Is there anything else that we forgot to cover? No, I think that's it. I mean, we didn't go in depth on the storyline about the, the the woman who came and made them lunch. Right. But we mentioned it, though. I mean, it was funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I loved when they were leaving and Cap was like, if they come by again, I quit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. One of my favorite part was when um, it's like right before it's like the last scene where they were like Cruz, like, dude, you were supposed to do it or whatever. And Cruz is like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't want to ruin their hearts. And Tony's just like, he's like, I'll go do something now, like, whatever. And Tony's just like, no, like, no, nah, don't do that. Like, <laughs> oh, so good. So, so good. But yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, other than that, that's about all we've got. So as always, you can find us all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. We have a website now. It's meetusatmolly's.com. Oh, it's so cool to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah, that's a good place to check out. Also, you can always email us anytime. It's meetusatmolly's at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And Ashley is at ashnick095. That's Nick N-I-C with no K. Our schedule should be relatively normal this week. We've got Perry joining us this week for Chicago Med. We're excited about that. And then for Fire, we will actually be together. What? What? Yeah, we will both be live in D.C. recording that one. That's exciting. I cannot wait to get up there. Gina, I got the bottle of wine ready. I'm set. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I need it to be Thursday, like, now. Like, just skip ahead and I get know. to Thursday night. Yeah, just so be here exciting. already. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's about all we've got. So, as always, keep an eye out for us on social media, and we will see you guys on Thursday. No, Friday. What day will we see you? Friday? Friday. 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 Yes. Sorry, I get confused. So You're coming here Thursday. Else? They'll see us on Friday. Yes, bingo. That's that. So, yes, we will see you guys on Friday. Everybody have a good week, and bye.